The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Flack. The Pet Buzz is dedicated to enhancing the bond between pets and their people. Each week, the Pet Buzz provides the latest news and information on how to keep your pets healthy and happy so you can save money and have a fulfilling relationship together. Now, here's your Pet Buzz hosts, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Flack. Greetings and a big hello to all you, the Pet Buzz listeners out there. We welcome our listeners who tune in each week from around the world. Big world, lots of pets, right? Well, Doc, you know, it's so interesting. Did you know that May is National Clean Air Month? It is. Yeah, and this month-long campaign is sponsored by the American Lung Association. You probably why wonder why I'm talking about this. Well, the month-long awareness campaign aims to educate people about the impact of clean air and how it really encourages people to take positive steps to improve the quality of air, both locally and globally. But let's talk about how you can keep your air clean, especially if you're a pet owner. So let's start with plants. You know, so many people like plants. And according to a study conducted by NASA in 1989, plants along with proper air circulation can help remove chemical contaminants like benzene, formaldehyde, and trichloroethylene. I think I said that close to being right. Close. <laughs> How do you say it? Trichloroethylene. Trichloroethylene. I was close. You was very close. Found in synthetic buildings material. And they can also, you know, help relieve burning eyes, breathing difficulties, and associated symptoms. So plants give off water vapor, which works like a sort of comp to pull the contaminants down in the roots where they're made for food. But here's the deal. So a lot of people know that plants help clean the air. But the most important thing, if you have a pet, a dog or a cat, you have to have pet-friendly plants. So spider plants, Boston ferns prayer plants and bamboo are all really good house plants to have around your pet. Now, you have to remember, although they're pet-friendly plants, the ones I just mentioned, you got to still be careful if your dog and cat ingest any part of the plants, because obviously you don't want to have a big vet bill, right? And that's <laughs> what happens when they do. You know, air purifying plants are a natural and beautiful way to not only enhance your home, but to keep it clean, uh, keep and keep you and your pet healthy. So really reap all the benefits uh, by buying great, safe plants for dogs and cats. And, you know, throughout the month, I'm going to give you some great ideas to clean your air with your pets. So this week on the show, we're talking about how one woman spent, get this, $25,000 to clone her cat. Well, we were aware of that. I thought it was even more we expensive. Were. But you know what? Now she's a public figure on social media, so you can only imagine the backlash. And the founder of the National Animal Supplement Council gives us a few tips on buying pet supplements. Learn about a new pet company that helps to save the bees. In the last few years during the pandemic, we've seen a great resignation throughout our country. Many individuals of all ages have been willing to quit or change their career paths. This is especially true with Gen Z's and millennial workers, some of the largest 
groups of pet owners, right, Dr. Fleck? Yes. I mean, you've experienced it too. Absolutely. I As a result, corporate and HR leaders have been forced to rethink the future of the workplace as well as how to attract and retain key talent. But what does modifying the workplace, attracting new hires, and retaining key talent have to do with pets? Well, our next guest is going to share her views with us. And joining us today is Jody Kovitz, the Chief Growth Officer of Vetster. Jody, welcome to the Pet Buzz today. We're pleased to have you with us. I'm delighted to be here with you today. Thanks for having me. Before we get started, let us talk about Vetster. What is it? So Vetster is the world's fastest growing virtual pet health marketplace, connecting pet owners with thousands of veterinarians and technicians for 24-7 video appointments. We also prescribe and can fulfill prescriptions with two-day shipping for medication and supplements where it's possible. Cool. It's great. Yeah. Great new innovative approach. Sure. It's kind of telemedicine with a prescription component. Added. Right. So I like that because a lot of people don't have that. Yes. Yeah. So it's cool. So, uh, you know, I'm curious. Vetster recently conducted a survey with about 2,000 pet owners about how their jobs affect their pet lifestyle. Talk to us about that survey. What did it reveal? So it was fascinating. It revealed a couple of key points. First of all, people are quitting their actual jobs to spend more time with their pets. Over two thirds of pet owners have searched for more flexible jobs so that they can devote more time to their fur pelts. And if you would believe, over 71% of folks have made a significant life change because of their pets. And six in 10 people have previously left a job because they were forced to return to an office that wasn't pet friendly. Wow. I totally believe what she's saying. I With the clients that come into my office, I can tell you that I can reinforce everything that she's saying about that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really interesting, especially, you know, during the pandemic, since more people spent so much time at home um, with pets. And I think a lot of people started realizing that life is not all about work. And that it's important to stay healthy and have a balanced life. So I think millennials and especially the Gen Zs really feel that. Whereas I think your generation is more work, 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 work. Don't you think, Dr. Fl I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that your balance was having a home, having a family, but you were primarily the provider and that's what you have always done. I certainly hope that the Gen Zs and the millennials <laughs> certainly start looking at the effect of working at at least a minimal amount of time to project for their future. I think that that is an issue. Today. No, no, I agree with you, but I think it's but something. I do think that what she's saying is that creating the opportunities, mm -hmm. sometimes they don't know what has created that better opportunity for them. And it just happens to be their pet. And sure. that's wonderful. That's where we're at. You know, so so many people are willing to make such drastic life changes with pets being the motivating factor. Do you think that most corporate and HR decision makers are kind of caught up with this mode of thought too? Yeah, it's a fantastic question. I think that employers are catching up because the modern employee is actually more likely to have a pet than a child. 76% of millennials have pets, whereas only 22% have children. And I think employers recognize that pet parents don't want to lose their connections to their pets. And in order to build highly inclusive workplaces that work 
for the modern employee and where it's not mutually exclusive to work hard and or leave your pet at home. We can do both in different uh, environments. Uh, Folks are catching up and they are working hard to try to meet the needs of folks who identify as pet parents, um, which they have to do to win the talent war these days. You know, and it's so interesting because in past years, you know, the only pet friendly benefit was insurance per se. And now we're seeing, you know, workplaces where you can bring your pet and, and more so. Well, if you've just joined us, we're talking about transforming workplaces, making them more pet friendly for pet owning employees. Uh, we're talking with Jody Kovitz, the chief growth officer of Vetster. So that's number one. Uh, this is number two. We need to take a break, but Jody is going to stick around for us to ask more questions because we have so many so many questions, right, Dr. Fleck? We do. It's a changing world. and It's she's definitely a changing world. Yes. So we're going to talk about maintaining and attracting key talent, those people who have dogs. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Hey, it's Dr. Mike Fleck back with you here on The Pet Buzz with the popular movement to save our environment, our precious beef, especially our barbecued steaks, may be in line for extinction. According to current biology, cows don't make an effort to restrict their urine to any one particular place. The article also confirms that cow's pee is a greenhouse gas, maybe 300 times more potent than carbon monoxide and 10 times more than methane. So University of Auckland in New Zealand to the rescue. They taught cows to be potty trained and use a latrine instead of the pasture. So, in the future, mobile toilets in the pasture might become as visible as windmills. Contain the pee, neutralize the greenhouse gas, and hooray, we keep our stinks. Brushing your pet's teeth is such a hassle, but I found a simple alternative. Tevra's new Vitality Brush-Free Twist and Lick Oral Gel. It's so easy to use and dogs love it. All you have to do is twist the dial on the bottom of the tube until the gel comes out on the top and allow your pooch to lick the gel right off the applicator. The gel features active ingredients that break down tartar and plaque, whiten and brighten teeth, and give your dog fresh breath. The ingredients are safe, taste like chicken, and there isn't any training or brushing necessary. Twist and Lick Oral Gel will be the only dog dental care product that's fun to use. Online at TevraPet.com. That's T-E-V-R-A Pet.com. And we thank Tevra Brands for being a proud supporter of the Pet Buzz. According to the American Animal Hospital Association and the American College of Veterinary Dermatology, pets need sunscreen too. EpiPet Sun Protector, the only FDA-approved pet sunscreen on short-haired, light-colored, hairless, golden retrievers and other dogs susceptible to skin cancer. Contained in a sports bottle, EpiPet allows you to turn the bottle upside down, making it easier to spray your dog all over to protect your dog from the sun all day and every day. Epi-Pet.com EpiPet is another proud partner of the Pet Buzz. Know what? What? Since I got adopted, I've learned a lot about these humans. Uh, I know. I mean, check out these two. It's Flirt City over here. Yeah, I noticed that. It looks like my human is definitely into your human. Oh, look! I think she's getting his number. Nice. Your human's got some sweet moves. Takes after his dog. <laughs> oh, look, they're doing that thing where they put their arms around each other. She kicked up a leg. It's like in the movies. That's awesome. 
Looks like we're going to be hanging out a little bit more. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. So welcome back. Dr. Fleck and I are speaking with Jody Kovitz, the Chief Growth Officer of Vetster, about transforming the workplace into a supportive, pet-friendly employment experience. So Jody, what can companies do to create a pet-friendly workplace? I mean, other than I talked about pet insurance. Yeah, I, there's a couple of different ways that they can do that. First of all, one of the, one of the offerings that we have is something called Vetster for Work which really allows employers to provide access to veterinary medicine for their employers as a, an op, uh, employees as an optional benefit. So that's another thing alongside more, more traditionally insurance that, uh, that employers can do. That is often you know, wonderful for hybrid and remote environments, as well as environments where perhaps you might not be able to make it pet friendly in the office. For those who can make it, pet friendly, consider your space. Can you make it an environment where folks can bring their pets? Can you set up areas in the office that are pet friendly? If you're going to do that, create a policy, circulate it widely, make sure that you outline who can bring their pet and and what they have to do in order to do so. But um, taking a lot of thoughtful steps to make sure that we're considering folks with allergies as well, that we have buy-in at different levels of the company um, and really giving a clear roadmap for how to bring pets to work. But those are just a couple of ways that employers can become much more pet progressive uh, and inclusive in their environments to to address the needs of pet parents uh, and the modern employee. Hmm. Pet progressive. I like that. A pet progressive workplace. And I think, you know, more of these companies, if they have a space like a large company, they could have doggy daycare on premises. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I think that would encourage people to stay later at work because they have the option of like walking and feeding their dog down in the doggy daycare center because we have a very difficult task these days with staffing whether it be para-staffing or whether it be professional staffing like veterinarians it's very difficult so we need to find the ways that we can accommodate our total staff so if folks are looking for a job what's the best way to ask about the pet culture or or pet benefits yeah, I think just to be really direct about it and ask mm. the potential employer, are they a pet conscious employer? What does it mean? How do they show compassion in their uh, workplace for employees that have pets? And each company might have a different approach or philosophy. Um, as I said, some may create spaces where people can bring pets. Might Some might show flexibility in the workday, understanding that folks need to walk their pets um, and or provide specific uh, inclusive optional perks and benefits like Vetster for work. Yeah. And there's also, I mean, think about pet sick leave if you have an older pet who's sick. I mean, these are all things that people are thinking about. I love to see the transformation, but there's a financial component to all of this. And a lot of this, therefore, talks about, as we talk about on this show a great deal, mm -hmm. about the cost of care for your pet. So when we make all these transformations, it has to be done in a way that it's it cost benefit. It's cost benefit for everybody, not making pets a luxury as is being proposed by a number of people in the industry. No, I, I agree with we you. Should, I don't think we should take care of 30% of the pets. We should find a way to take care of all of the pets. No, I agree with you. I'm just saying that during these times, times when 
small businesses and large businesses can't find <laughs> talent. And you're included in that. any talent or any talent at all. One has to make accommodations. I'm not necessarily talking about a smaller business, but maybe a larger corporation who's fairly profitable. I mean, think about it at, you know, 10 years ago, it wasn't uncommon for employers to pay for health insurance for their employees. Now, most employers have people kicking in and they're still making profits. So I'm not saying that's everyone. I'm just saying that one has to pay attention to what's going on in the world to modify one's corporate culture to get the best people. And if some of those best people have dogs, one has to make allowances. So we've seen people have pet insurance, but if there was a way that you could bring your dog to work, I'm not saying you have to have doggy daycare, but maybe you can have your pet in your office. And as Jody said, but you also have to think of people with allergies. You also have to think of building insurance policies. And I think Jody being on, and I think she also accepts the responsibility that we don't need to care for 30% of all pets in the population. We need to find mechanisms along with what she's developing that allows us to care for all of the pets to some degree. So all of the new innovations that you have are wonderful and marvelous, but we, we have to take into consideration there is a limit to what care can be provided, health care can be provided for, for pets. And I think what you're doing is marvelous. And I think that you- Thank you. And, and part of what, you know, what we're trying to do is make it highly accessible, right? By allowing folks to access care through a virtual telemedicine platform, it really does open, um, you know, the, the opportunity for many more folks to access care, um, you know, in, in many different ways. So I think your point is extremely, extremely well taken. And in terms of workplaces, being able to, to offer workplaces the opportunity to opt in as an optional perk to provide to the employees that would like it, um, the opportunity to access care at a, at a really, you know, special, um, in a special way that we've developed for workplaces enables us to, to provide that kind of inclusive care um, that, that we're looking to see for all pets. So that's great. Okay, Jody. last question. For those folks who work at a more traditional company like Dr. Flex, how can they enlighten their employers about pet-friendly benefits? I think it's, it's a simple matter of educating your employer about the benefits of having a pet-friendly workplace, sharing the survey, for example, that we just released that, that showed the, the business case and the numbers and, and really how many folks now have pets and are really um, you know, requiring employers to come to the table in a more innovative way. And they could introduce a program like Vetster for Work. That would be a great place to start. Great conversation, needed conversation for the industry. So Jody, thank you so much for coming and visiting with us today on the Pet Buzz. What about a website? It is at www.vetster.com. And you can also download our app from the App Store and we have big news today. We just uh, raised another round of funding. So big news at Vetster, really exciting day and really meaningful for me to be here with you today. Thank you so much. Congratulations. Congratulations. Great. Well, you know, I think that was an interesting interview. And it's, it's also interesting to see the generational opinions of you and me. I think that's also very key. <laughs> 
even as I talk to my colleagues in the human uh, part, the MDs, um, the DOs, mm -hmm. and the dentists, they're all having issues along the same line. So finding and retaining yeah, employees that, yeah. and, and how to do that best for their particular industry. Well, you know, studies have shown that if you can bring your pet to work with you, people would stay a lot longer because their pets, there, their pets there. Yeah. And we really shouldn't be talking about veterinary offices because most veterinarians would allow them to bring their own pet. Would they? Mm-hmm. Okay. You'll stick want to stick around because up next in Celebrity Pet Buzz, I'm talking how two-time Olympian Chloe Kim, she's one of my faves, and her dog Reese are challenging us to get out there, get active, and by doing so, we're giving back to a great cause. Learn more about the Prina Pro Plan Million Mile Challenge. Ever wonder what goes on inside the Pet Buzz studio? We post full-length video versions of all of our guests on our YouTube channel. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? EpiPet to the rescue. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, epi-pet.com. EpiPet is another proud partner of the Pet Buzz. Hi, I'm Brad Garrett. The investigation of the Humane Society of the United States exposed the link between pet stores and puppy mills. Large puppy mill operations were busted in Maine, Oklahoma, Texas, and Virginia. Bottom line, puppy mills are cruel and their puppies are often sick. So do yourself a favor and go to your local shelter for your next dog. You'll get an inoculated, already fixed dog for almost nothing. So you'll not only save some money, but you'll also save a life. Brace yourselves for big news. We're going to the place where all the action is. It's time for Pet Buzz Celebrity Pet News. The most sensational news. Fantastic. I'm so excited. You, you, you ready? Here's pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. Let's talk about one of my favorite athletes, Chloe Kim, the two-time Olympic athlete, snowboarder to be in fact, is not only beautiful, but her bestie is a miniature Australian shepherd named Reese. And, you know, the two, one of the big reasons I love her is because she loves spending time with her dog. She's running with her dog. She's working out with her dog. That dog is really an extension of herself. She takes it everywhere. And there's always great shots of them together. So Kim enjoys spending so much time with her dog that the two of them even work out and they go to the gym together. So to help Reese maintain his energy, health and strength, she feeds the dog Perina Pro Plan Sport. So after experiencing what Perina Pro Plan diet can do. Now, this is not a Perina Pro Plan commercial. This is just I'm telling you what Chloe does with her dog. So recent Kim collaborated with the pet brand on the Pro Plan Million Mile Challenge. The program is seeking to reach one million collective miles of dog walking and activity by encouraging pet parents to get active with their pooches. Pet owners can learn how to participate in the Pro Plan Million Mile Challenge. Prina.com slash Pro Plan Million Mile Challenge, where they can discover how a canine nutrition plan can help dogs keep up their active lifestyles. You know, you've seen these people. You used to be a real runner, Dr. Black. 
you see these people running and biking with their dogs, right? I, I sure do. And it's not only the folks that do agility or dock diving, but it's, you know, a pet owner who wants to stay active with their dog. I remember back in New York, there was a guy who used to bring his dog to the uh, basketball court. And, you know, the dog would hang out. And then after he would run around or the guys would take a break, the dog would run around and he would dribble and the dog would follow him. So for these high energy dogs, they really need a very nutritious diet because they're constantly burning off calories. Well, anyway, uh, for each pro plan, million mile challenge mile logged in, Purina plan will donate 10 cents up to $100,000 to Athlete for Animals, a nonprofit that focuses on protecting the welfare of homeless pets nationwide the challenge runs through may 17th so there's plenty of time the goal to hit is a collective of a million miles so that perina pro plan will donate a hundred thousand dollars to athletes for animals kim encouraged us to get out there get active and by doing so we're also giving back so what you're saying is that if you take your dog and you run your dog and you document it you send the information to perina right you sign up Remember the bracket challenge they had? So you sign up, you participate, how many miles you're doing. And for every mile that you log in with your dog that they're aware of, they'll give you 10 cents and they'll, they want to raise a hundred thousand dollars. That's what they're going to So they don't give you 10 cents. They allot 10 cents. They give, it's for a good cause. So they're going to give a hundred thousand dollars to athletes for animals. So these people that run, wow, they could really take advantage of this for the pet world. We got to move on to flex facts. Welcome to Just the Facts. Just the Facts. Fact or fiction? Just the Facts, ma'am. You want answers! I want the truth! Doc, Hammy was scooting on the floor the other day, rubbing his butt on the carpet. Do you think he might have an anal gland problem? Maybe. The two things that you really have to consider for anal sac problems, is it really an anal sac problem? Or is maybe just a collection of fecal debris on the hair around the anus that really irritates them when they're very sensitive. So obviously this needs to be evaluated by a veterinarian Mm -hmm. because any squeezing of the anal sacs or expressing of the anal sacs is a veterinary procedure. So some signs that your dog needs to have their glands, the anal sac glands squeezed or cared for or expressed Includes maybe like licking at his bottom, scooting on the carpet. Like Hammy's doing. Licking his bottom or or just even turning around and looking at the at the back end. Sometimes they don't even want to touch it, but they look at it and say something's wrong. Yeah, and sometimes the dogs are smelly, right? And you can see brown liquid coming out. Don't of forget body. these are the same thing as the scent glands and the skunk. Only I think it smells worse. Oh, it absolutely does. Okay, so how do you treat anal gland problems in dogs? Well, vets will treat the dog's anal gland problems by draining the fluid from the glands. That means expressing it. Mm-hmm. In the case of abscesses, which can develop from that, they will maybe open up and drain it, or they may not even open up and drain it, but simply treat it with systemic medication and topical care, maybe with Epsom salt soaks. Okay. And antibiotics? Of course, antibiotics. Sure. Okay. So you started to touch upon this, but why should a veterinarian only squeeze dog anal glands? Because, you know, groomers offer it, 
you know, uh, you can go on Dr. Google and they'll tell you how to do it. That's not really what I'm, I know it's stinky procedure, so I have no interest in doing The it. only safe and effective treatment is, is er, internal expression of the anal sac. Mm -hmm. So that means that one finger has to be inserted into the anus with the thumb on the other side, on the outside, and the proper squeezing after orientation of the anal sac then can be accomplished. Because if you don't do that properly, you can actually damage that anal sac, damage the canal where all that material is coming out from the anal sac into the colon. Sounds awful, doesn't it? Well, and, it just sounds super complicated and medical. It's very complicated, very medical, and can be very damaging if not done properly. Okay, so stay away from your groomers doing it. Don't attempt to do it yourself by reading some directions on Dr. Google. Okay, so what happens when a dog's anal glands are full? It bothers them. It just irritates the devil out of them, and that's why they say, I need to get rid of this. So they start scooting, or they go back and they lick, or like I say, they'll just go back and look and say, something's wrong back there. I don't know what's wrong. Yeah, and they not only drag their butts on the carpet, they'll do it outside, on the brick. On Any the place. Right, okay. So once these anal gland sacs are treated, does this issue happen over again? It may happen over again. Okay. But what I recommend is I just recommend that if people will do an Epsom salt solution, bottom soak, a couple <laughs> days a week. So you get your dog to sit for in the five, bathtub. For, well, if they're smaller, they can sit in the kitchen sink. Uh -huh. And you just you use a, a, a solution made up of Epsom salts with the water. And on the bag, it'll tell you how much salt to add to the water to make your solution. And for five minutes to make sure it's lukewarm so it's comfortable. And if they just sit in that, if you hold them to sit in that, then that Epsom salt solution can enter the anus, go through the anal sacs, irrigate it out, and prevent that from filling up again. So most of my clients do that, and I very rarely have to express an anal sac. Yeah, but you got to make sure a dog will sit in the bathtub and sit in the kitchen sink. If, if they're clean. bigger and if they won't sit, yeah, then what I true. recommend is that they take a bottle, a bucket of the Epsom salt solution, take a sponge, and at least go up and try to sponge much of the material through. And that's been effective with the experience that I've had sure. with my patients. I get it. So, well, how do you prevent anal sac problems? That's really a, a, a really good question because I don't think that there's any normal way or natural way of preventing the anal sac problem unless you do what I've suggested. And that is to do the bottom soaks, which irrigates out those sacs continually. No, but I was under the impression that if you fed your dog a healthy diet with fiber and exercise, because from what I understand, fat dogs generally have more anal sac problems. That's because 50 years ago, when I entered practice, we did a lot of anal sac expressions. We do very little of that today because of the nutrition of, as you say, right. some of the fiber. But it's not just fiber. It's the, it's the quality of the, the food these days. Right. The quality of food. And I think... You know, a well-exercised pet is probably a healthier pet anyway. So most 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 pets are fed pretty quality food. Yeah. So again, if you're if there's a tendency for an anal sac issue, that's where 
you can prevent it more uh, with the Epsom salts bottom soak, as I call it, on a couple days a week, maybe every other week. Five minutes. It's all it takes. Okay, great. Any other thing you want to take care of? That's all the Flex Fact for this week. We got it. Okay, let's kick off this segment with Global Pet News. And now, Pet Buzz News from around the globe. You know, we have spent a lot of time talking about cloning dogs, right, Dr. Fleck, over the years. Mm -hmm. But we've really never talked about a cat. Because, you know, a lot of people, really, when they think of cloning, they think of dogs. Because that's primarily what people are doing. Barbara Streisand, for example. Mm -hmm. Remember, she cloned her dog. Mm -hmm. Well, Kelly Anderson, now check this out. This is what I thought was so ironic. She is a professional dog trainer who just happens to love cats. She's based in Texas, and she spent about $25,000 to a genetics company called Viagen. We've talked about them before to clone her dead cat, uh, Chai. So after her cat died, Chai, the cat was five years old. It died in 2017. She paid the cloning service uh, to produce a new cat. She, uh, her new cat's name is Belle. And over a four-year period, she paid off the $25,000. And then she changed her Instagram name to Clone Kitty and started posting updates about Belle, the Clone Kitty. Belle's all white, very pretty cat. In January, she posted a video of the cat lying down with a uh, screen caption that read, when people try to tell me all of the ways I could have spent 25K instead of cloning my cat. Well, soon after she posted that, you can imagine there was instant backlash from other Instagram users and even from PETA. But she has no regrets, none whatsoever. So, you know, animal cloning, as you know, is a controversial topic. Uh, since it was first used in 1996 to clone a sheep named Dolly. And according to Smithsonian Magazine, experts are concerned about the moral implications of commercially cloning pets because they believe the process of extracting DNA from animals is invasive. But I think if she wants to spend 25 to clone her cat, it's her right to do it. Now, you know, it boils down to this. It's her choice. And I compare it to the same thing like, I think you can buy a purebred dog, cat or dog, or you can go to the shelter and adopt a cat or a dog. I think it's your choice, right? Absolutely, it's your choice. Right. You want to spend your money your way. And I have no criticism, just like you're suggesting, for somebody that wants to pay a large sum of money for a pet, a purebred, or something that isn't a purebred, versus going to the shelter and paying very little just for finding a home for that. That's their choice. Yeah, it's their choice. Fortunately, today, we still have Wait, that's those choices. Right. And I'm glad that you brought that up because so much of what we see on a yes. daily basis has to revolve around giving people no choices. And I think if she worked hard for the money, she can spend her money any way she wants. I mean, what's the difference between her and somebody who buys a Mercedes? And maybe that person, you know, she could afford it. She worked on a payment plan and she got it done. Yeah. Pet supplements provide essential nutrients that help improve the immune system and reduce the risk of heart disease, cancer, inflammation, and diabetes. In addition, these supplements such as fish oil, 
biotine amino acids. They also improve cognitive development by providing antioxidants such as vitamin E and vitamin C. Uh, Lacartine and coenzyme Q10. These probably mean more to you, Dr. Fleck, than they necessarily mean to me. Moreover, did you know the global pet supplement market size was valued at $1.9 billion US dollars in 2021? It is expected to expand at a compound annual growth rate of 5.9% from 2022 to 2030? Yeah. That is big bucks. Big and, bucks, dude, right? And that may be underestimated what it truly sure. is. Sure. So joining us today to talk about pet supplements is Bill Bookout, the founder and chairman of the board at the National Animal Supplement Council. So, Bill, welcome to the Pet Buzz today. We're really pleased to have you here with us. Thank you very much, Dr. Fleck. I'm excited to be here. All right. Let's get started by your telling us about the National Animal Supplement Council. And can you tell us how pet manufacturers become members? Sure. Uh, Two-part question. I founded the National Animal Supplement Council in 2001-2002 timeframe. We really got off the ground in 2002. We're a nonprofit industry trade association that our mission is engage the regulatory officials, meaning the FDA and state regulators, with the intention of define, develop, and implement a system of self-regulation that would benefit everybody, not least importantly, the animals themselves. So that was really, in a very short summary, why NASC was formed. To join NASC, you have to qualify for membership. So you just can't pay your money, join NASC, or use the NASC seal. You've got to qualify. We want to be sure that we can help you. That requires a direct conversation with me. Want to be sure that your products fit under the scope of what we address and that companies are willing to follow our guidelines because that's really summarized how we've established the credibility with FDA is because we walk our talk. You know, I think the most interesting thing is that Bill interviews all of the people who want to be members of the organization. So he really gets to know them and he also gets to know their product. I think it's relevant uh, as, a, as a veterinarian and as a consumer that I'm looking for the credibility yeah. of the product that I'm purchasing. And I like the way that Bill does this where there's cri criteria that the manufacturers have to adopt in order to be members. So you feel more comfortable mm -hmm. if you're a member of that and you're purchasing their product. Right. And you also know that you're all more or less on the same guideline page. Yeah, yeah that's right. And it's in our bylaws. Every company has to have a direct conversation with me in order to qualify for membership. Again, you just can't fill out a form, pay your money, join NASC and you're a member. You've got to follow our guidelines because at the end of the day, Quality means consistency, which means if the animal is going to respond to a supplement, you need to have those quality processes in place. So we get the same product, same high quality ingredients, produce the same way, consistent outcome. So it's really in the best interest of everybody, not again, not least importantly, the animal, because they are our ultimate customer. You know, it's so amazing how much the animal supplement industry is worth. I mean, billions of dollars and its projected yeah. growth, I guess, is 5.9 percent. And from now until, I guess, what, 2030. So what's driving the need for pet owning consumers to buy supplements? Yeah, good question. Really good question. So when we started in, in 2002, the industry was about $800 million. That's consumer spending. Now it's $1.7 billion. 
And as you said, depending on who you listen to, growing about 6% a year. What's driving the growth? Um, two, two things, the humanization of pets. I mean, people look at animals as I do my cat behind me, right? Rescue cat, but that cat's a member of my family. So people's pets are members of their family. And the animal industry is a fast follow industry. So things and trends that are you know, happening on the human side, people, to a large extent, they make the assumption those products will be beneficial and it's mostly correct. Um, that the same types of products like probiotics or joint products or anxiety products, things like that, will also be beneficial for animals. There are a couple exceptions to that. Weight loss products have never really taken hold on the animal side because there's no magic bullet for weight loss. And liquid products have really not taken hold that much. There's a lot of manufacturing, shipping, um, potential damage issues. They're heavy, especially with the prices of shipping now. So for the most part, humanization of animals and following trends on the human side, those are driving forces in the industry, animal supplement industry. Can you give us some advice when buying pet supplements? So I, I don't want this to necessarily be an NASC commercial. We hope people look for the seal, but I would say here's the foundation which people can operate from. Trust, but verify, right? People assume quality. So if you see a product on the shelf, it's available in the commercial marketplace, they can purchase it. People assume quality and they shouldn't, right? Dr. Fleck, I think you'll agree. You know, I tell people, don't be afraid to pick up the phone, call the company, ask who's behind the company, who formulates the product. Do they have knowledge of, an, you know, animal anatomy, physiology, metabolism? Are they veterinarian? Are they educated in this area? Or is it Bill and Charlotte's uh, pet product company? And, you know, because it's a pretty low barriers to entry marketplace. And so don't be afraid to pick up the phone, call the company, ask some questions. If you've just joined us, we're talking with Bill Bokout, the founder and chairman of the board at the National Animal Supplement Council. We need to take a break. So we have a lot more questions for you, Bill. Can you stick around for another segment? Love to, Charlotte. Thank you. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Teva Pet knows there's a lot in your life that you worry about. We want to make sure your pet's flea and tick protection isn't one of them. Tever Pet offers vet quality flea and tick protection that has the same active ingredients as leading brands like Canine Advantix 2 and Frontline Plus, but that cost much less, which means you can give your pet total flea protection worry-free. Tever Pet, helping you and your pet live your best life. Online at TevraPet.com. That's T-E-V-R-A Pet.com. And we thank Tevra Brands for being a proud supporter of the Pet Buzz. I used to move a lot, but then one day the human said I could stay. They say a lot of words like no and don't chew on that. And sometimes brother and sister get mad at me for pulling their tail or biting their ears. But at the end of the day, when I snuggle up with Mr. Piggy, it's good to know I have a home. Make a dog's day. Adopt. So we're back with Bill Bokalp, the founder and chairman of the board at the National Animal Supplement Council. He's giving us some great advice about buying supplements. I hope our listeners take heed to what you have said for us today. And your organization is really relevant and something that they can use to verify a quality and effective product. Would you like to give us your website and the name of the organization again? It's the National Animal Supplement Council. Um, website is 
animalsupplements.org. We are a nonprofit. We're 501c6 nonprofit. My email address is b.bookout, B-O-O-K-O-U-T, at N-A-S-C dot C-C, not dot com, dot C-C. So, you know, if you hear, if I really appreciate the opportunity to be here on the show, talk to you guys. If any of your listeners have a question, shoot me a note. I'd be happy to respond. Yeah. And I think one of the things that we should do is get a picture of the National Animal Supplement Council seal so people can recognize that. Yes. So when they are shopping for supplements, they will know that this has got bills and the organization's stamp of approval. And I think that's really important as people want to acquire more and more knowledge to buy the best products. And what's for so their good pets. about this? The industry itself is trying to regulate it and make sure that we have the best products available that are effective and truthful. And I guess that means. And I that think we that's really important. Have- really important and, and and like the one thing i like that bill said it's not like you just pay your money and join yeah because so, so yeah. many other groups not only in the pet organ pet industry but in other lifestyle or other areas of our lives that's what it boils it's not the moose <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean you don't pay your money and just show up i mean yeah. and i think it's really relevant because we are talking about our family members the health of our family members and um and, and learning more about the industry, the regulation, because I think that's part of, you know, really with farm. I mean, like, you know, people started an interest in pharmaceuticals because they thought they didn't realize so many pharmaceuticals came from China now. Right. So all of a sudden people now have an interest in pharmaceuticals since the pandemic. Right. Well, I even brought up the question about this because of all the confusion that people have when the regulators of, of our government are confused on what they they send messages to us as to try to make us have the opportunity to be safe and to move forward when we're under a pandemic like COVID. And right from the start, this organization is taking the industry and making the industry look within itself first. Taking the lead. They're taking the lead on that even before the government comes in. And we do that cooperatively with the regulatory agencies. So I have to give FDA, uh, FDA Center for Veterinary Medicine and state regulators and organizations like AFCO a lot of credit, because really without the help and participation cooperation of the regulators, we wouldn't be where we are today. But when you get the majority of the industry that's responsible working cooperatively with the regulatory authorities, that's when you will get true constructive, meaningful change in any industry not just this one. So we're happy to lead the way in animal supplements. Great. Yeah. Just to remind you, that was Bill Bocout, the founder and chairman of the board at the national chairman of the board at the national animal supplement council. He is actually one of my favorite people in the pet industry because his organization is doing such important work, educating people about supplements and supplementation you know bill invited me to their annual meeting in st louis coming up in june and i think i might take him up on his invitation and go now we hope you do go and it'll be an honor to have you there charlotte i think you're going to agree with me dr fleck bill's going to have to come back real soon without a doubt real soon real soon Real we, we we love having you here and i feel horrible because it's taken me such a long time to have him on the show 
Yeah, I feel terrible. It took a long time. To I know. Back. And I, you know, it's so funny because I was telling him that every time I was going to pick up the phone or call him, somebody called me or I got off track or I got something. But I think we're going to have to have him come back and be a regular. I'd you know love, what? I'd, I'd love to. And you know what? I, I'm, I'm already going to offer him an invitation. I'm going to have him come on our end of the year show and for a wrap up. So at the end of the year, we, as many of you know, we always have this wrap up show. We, we talk about some of the best stories. We have a few people on uh, for a segment and we always talk about some of the uh, most interesting pet stories. So I think we're going to have to have Bill on. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity and consideration. It's a pleasure to be here. You are listening to the Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. News of the day got you down? No worries. Pet trendologist Charlotte Reed is here with Tell Me Something Good. This is a necessity like air and oxygen. Tell me something good. You know, I always like to end the show with Tell Me Something Good. And I found this story, although it's sad, it's all about the love of a pet. You know, a Philadelphia woman on hospice care has one last wish. Her name is Valerie Alexander. She's a terminal brain cancer patient and she's really got a few weeks to live, but she wants to make sure her dog, Rosie, who she's had for five years is taken care of before she dies. She feels that Rosie has been there for her through the good times. And of course now the bad times, which is why it's so important for Alexander to not only find a good home for Rosie, but the right home for Rosie. And she wants to be able to meet the new owner before she passes. Well, a friend of Alexander said that Rosie's new owner should have lots of energy, plenty of tennis balls. That reminds me of Chuck's dog, Beretta, you know, Beretta. And maybe no other pets. So he went on to say either one of two things will be good for Rosie. Either someone who's young and energetic that likes running, wants a running buddy, or maybe someone who is a big yard where Rosie can you know, run around all day. And while Alexander still searches for a new home for Rosie, she realizes that she has very little time left, but she says she'll be able to rest in peace knowing that Rosie will be okay. You know, reading the story, it was really sad, but it's so nice to see someone loves their pet so much because we feel, we all feel how much we love their pet. But really for me, this was a good wake-up call for so many of us. You know, it makes us realize that we need to have a solid plan for our dogs should something happen to them, right? Absolutely. And if you recall, a few years back, we interviewed a law firm. Mm -hmm, A lawyer, a trust in a state's lawyer. Yeah, yeah. And they had some good suggestions at that time that I still remember and can identify with because I see clients many times Mm -hmm. where they're their parents have passed and they have the, the offspring and they keep the offspring because it was their parents pup, not because they love it so much. Right. They have maybe some feelings for it because it was mom and dad's. But the suggestion that they made is that in, in, in the will, when you're passing that pet on, have a plan, but it's not necessarily the offspring, not the family. Well, it could be a friend. I mean, you know, more suggestion was, to be a friend. Trust and estate lawyers believe that you need to have a short-term plan. Because mm-hmm. you remember we talked about the owner who said her dog should be put to sleep, and unfortunately the dog was put to sleep upon her death, mm-hmm. because which was sad. Do you remember we talked mm-hmm. about that a few years ago? Yes. You need to have a short-term plan where, like a boarding kennel or a facility that the dog can 
um, come to until the person who's going to take your dog. Uh, a lot of people suggest um, leaving money, like Leona Helmsley. Now, not everyone can leave millions and millions of dollars. Remember, Leona left many, mm-hmm. a lot of money to her dog, Trouble, to stay in her apartment and live in the lap of luxury with a housekeeper until it's her death. And we've seen that overall. I mean, there was a German princess who did the same thing down in Miami with her German shepherds. But the most important thing, it's not about the money. It's about having a plan for your dog so that your dog can, can, if you love the dog as much as you say you do, to have a plan where the dog can have a good and appropriate life, right? So if that means no kids, it can go to a house with no kids. I would rather the dog go to a stranger that can fulfill its needs and, and have a solid home then go to a relative who really isn't going to pay it that much attention. You know, I mean, I think a dog will adjust and you know, kids do uh, dogs will too. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. Well, it's that time. It's always too soon. To it is the show, but before we go, we want to give you a preview of next week's show. So next week we're talking about taking care of senior dogs and cat ladies. (laughs) Dr. Fleck, can you thank our guests? Special thanks to our guests, Jody Kovitz and Bill Bookout. Of course, we must always thank our guests, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin coat and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. And of course, our lead sponsor, Tevra Brands, established because of the need to make it easier to take care of your pets, family, and home. We thank them. Most importantly, remember, we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. The Pet Buzz is dedicated to enhancing the bond between pets and their people. If you and your pets need even more buzz, we're online at thepetbuzz.com and our social media channels, Pet Buzz Plus, the best way for you to engage with like-minded pet lovers everywhere. According to the American Animal Hospital Association and the American College of Veterinary Dermatology, pets need sunscreen too. EpiPet Sun Protector, the only FDA-approved pet sunscreen on short-haired, light-colored, hairless, golden retrievers and other dogs susceptible to skin cancer. Contained in a sports bottle, EpiPet allows you to turn the bottle upside down, making it easier to spray your dog all over to protect your dog from the sun all day and every day. Epi-Pet.com EpiPet is another proud partner of the Pet Buzz. Hi, I'm Smokey Bear, and I made an assistant to help you prevent wildfires. Dude, I've got this. I've been camping since I was five years old. But I am a camping influencer. You know what? I'll bet you five bucks. Okay. Assistant Smokey, what is the best way to put out a campfire? Mm-hmm. To put out a campfire, drown with water, stir, drown again. Then make sure the fire is out cold by feeling with the back of your hand. Wait, really? I'll take the five bucks.